Snake Eyes is an actual play semi-improvised podcast that utilises an adapted version of the Freeform Universal role-playing system at its base. Our game master, Nathan Quadrio, describes scenes, settings and characters for our player, Miriam Feats, who reacts as an active part of the story. Most of what you hear in this podcast is collaboratively improvised by our two performers. At moments of great risk and tension, Miriam will be asked to roll a standard six-sided die to determine the outcome of the situation. On a one to three, something goes wrong, adding more complications to the story. On a four to six, luck swings her way and the story moves on unimpeded. Now, prepare to enter a world of murder, adultery, crime, and lies in Snake Eyes. So I think what Biddy's gonna do is she'll head home again for another quick change, but this time it's to actually make herself look a little bit nicer. Mm-hmm. To sort of attempt to look a bit more like a girl out on the town for a few drinks. And then she's going to head back to the armada to see if she can spot either Max or Theo for like an after work drink. And perhaps talk to them or follow them or what she feels is prudent in the moment. You head home and you grab what's probably the only fancy attire, well, traditionally feminine fancy attire in your collection, and head back to the Armada. At around 4.30, things start to pick up, as it did the day before. And Theo does come in, this time on his own. He goes to the bar, orders himself a drink, and walks to stand next to some other people. You vaguely recognise them as some of the, the 30 people that were hanging around set. Biddy's just watching and waiting. She might see if she can catch snippets of the conversation just to see if there's anything in there, but otherwise she'll probably wait for Theo to leave and then follow him from there. You stay around at the bar for a little while, as does Theo. It's about 7.30 when he leaves. Just before that, the barman comes up to him and there's some kind of exchange. And Theo stands up and walks around the corner and takes a call that has been made through to the Armada. Okay. Is there any way to get close enough to hear without clinging? Yes, yeah, just there, is there any way to eavesdrop on Absolutely, on it's a busy bar. You can definitely yep. give it a go. Great, I would love to try and eavesdrop. <laughs> can you make a roll to see what happens? Five. That's a yes. Yeah. You head across to an area that is slightly closer The phone is obviously in an area that is quieter so that people can take these calls and you manage to catch some snippets of the conversation, not everything. You hear discussion of a meeting and you hear discussion of somebody getting close, too close for comfort. Yep. And in response, Theo says, don't worry, we'll sort it out. Okay. He hangs up the phone, doesn't go back to his companions, just looks at them across the bar, gives them a wave and walks out. Okay, I would like to follow discreetly. You follow discreetly, hopping into a taxi, as does he, and you begin to take a very familiar route. You begin to head downtown again, (laughs) and your heart begins to beat faster. Yeah. As you recognize the twists and the turns in the road as Theo's car pulls up outside the front of the whistle. Okay. Well, there's not much I can do. I, I, like, I can't get out the car. Really. 
You can. There's nobody outside. Okay. There's an alleyway. You could go around the back. Oh, okay. Biddy asks her cab driver to just continue one more block. And as the cab goes past, I think she wants to try and get an eye on the alleyway next to the bar and see if there's anywhere in the alleyway, like a high window or somewhere that she could set herself up to listen to what's happening inside. You look, there are um, apartments is a generous term for them, but some apartments next to the bar alongside this alleyway. The alleyway does lead to what looks to be the back area of the bar, perhaps okay. where they store things. Yeah. You don't realistically see any way in which you could both be outside the bar and, and hear what's, and on, the what's on the inside. If you're around the back, perhaps, but you can't see that, so you don't know. Yeah, but there's no one currently there. No, not as far as you can see. Every now and then, like somebody might walk around or come into the bar with 7.30. Yeah. Biddy is gonna think about everything she talked about with Molly. Think about all the bad decisions she's been making lately. And then I think she's just gonna make another one and get out of the cab. <laughs> so where are you hopping out of the cab? About half a block okay. down. Enough that the cab isn't stopping in front of the bar, but yep. not so far that it's gonna take me like precious minutes to walk back and potentially miss important information. You hop out of the cab about half a block away and head towards the whistle. Where are you gonna go? Down the alley and scope it out a bit more intensely. See if there's a vantage point or a listening spot. Let's roll that die to see how this whole thing goes. <laughs> that is a six! Uh, oh. <laughs> okay. So with the six, yep. you head down the alleyway. You hear above you in one of the apartments some loud raised voices of a man and a woman involved in some kind of domestic. But you remain focused and continue to walk down. You continue to move and it's just down the edge of the building and around the back there's a fence that leads into the back space where there's some storage behind the bar. There is a gate there that has been left unlocked. Well, how about that? <laughs> you hear a voice swearing, very upset, and they throw something out of the back door, some kind of a liquid, maybe some wastewater, you don't really know, but it stinks, whatever it is, just as you come around the corner, and they say, oh, I've got to leave this door open, it's just the smell, we got to clear it out, and they head back inside. And both the gate and the door are unlocked. Biddy takes a moment to just count her lucky stars right now, and then she'll very quietly head through the gate and towards that back room to see if she can find a spot to listen in. You head in, and there's a corridor. To the right is a set of double doors that lead into a very brightly lit area. You can hear a lot of movement happening from there. It appears to be the kitchen. It's definitely much more lively. You can hear down the end of the corridor at this mm -hmm. bar than when you were there last. Uh, maybe there's a live band, some music is playing. You know what the guy was talking about. There is a foul, foul stench. You've been downtown enough to know it's definitely at least vomit. There is a door to your left. Biddy is, first off, going to slip off her shoes okay. so she doesn't clack when she Wearing walks. Wearing heels? Yeah. Okay because she dressed fancy, but she's also gonna like brandish one of the heels so that if for some reason she needed to run, she could like jam it into somebody's leg or just use it as an improvised weapon and then head out. 
And I think what Biddy's going to do is brandishing this pump, sneaking down the corridor, she's going to head towards the office door and see if Theo and the fellow that she never got the name of have perhaps taken a more private meeting or whether they're going to be in the bar. There's a small circular porthole window and you look in and sitting there, both smoking around a table, are Theo Carrington and the mysterious figure who you've been following before. I would like to very surreptitiously see if I can listen to this conversation. Ready to just absolutely run. I'm going to make you make another roll. Well, that's a two this time. Just a no? It's just a no, just a flat no. Okay. You listen into the conversation. Yep. And you hear the voice from before. A voice that sends chills down your spine and instinctively your shoulder starts to throb as you hear him say something like a biddy I don't know something like that she came in asking too many questions I definitely think that there's some problems going on with Max that we need to sort out well we always knew that this time was coming I definitely think that it's time that Max was uh, removed from the equation I think that he's done do you think that you can make it happen without him Absolutely. I've got enough paperwork to make sure that it continues on and the projects that we're looking for will be finished. And don't worry, you'll get your money back. Don't worry, Theo, I know that you'll get it for me. Well, Raymond, as always, it's a pleasure working with you. I know you weren't particularly interested before, but I've learned in the movie business that it'd be effective. Can I send in Shirley? Look, Theo, what you do is entirely up to you. And you manage to catch that much of the conversation. Okay. When somebody taps you on the shoulder. And you turn around. Yep. And it is a male waiter. Um, excuse me, what are you doing here? I was just looking for the ladies' room. <laughs> is it not down here? Ma'am, what's your name? Jane. Jane Smith. He looks at you with unbelieving eyes and then says hey Ray I think we got a live one here stab and run okay (laughs) you smack him across the back of the head with the shoe not enough to cause any damage or injury but enough to get him away from you and you sprint out the back door Mm -hmm. and around the corner where are you going right now I'm going to a main road to see how quickly I can hail a taxi because it's not late late this time it's like evening so there's potentially a ride around and i'm gonna have to go just as fast as i can out onto the main street down the road and seeing if there's a cab that i can get let's make another roll three as you sprint down the alleyway you see a taxi yep is pulling up dropping somebody else off at the whistle and you hear the voice you now know of raymond oscar Biddy, you're back for more! And he comes out and you can see him chasing you down the alleyway. You continue to run down and you see the taxi and you hail it. It stops and somebody is getting out of the taxi. Are you going to jump into that taxi? I'm I'm just going to jump in. That's the best, I think, shot I have right now. Because he's reasonably close behind He's pretty close behind you. Yeah. Okay, you leap into the taxi and he is hot on your tail and you slam the door. You're pushing the other person out of the way. Yeah. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Says the taxi driver. Go, right now. What? What? 
can I grab his leg and push it down on the gas? Yeah, I'll allow it. The taxi shoots off and then stalls. Ugh! Go, go! What, what, what's happening? He's gonna shoot at me, so what do you want? <laughs> the glass shatters in the back window where you are. And faster than you've seen any human move before, <laughs> he puts it in him and goes off as quickly as he can. Yeah. What's going on here? I, um, that guy back there, he, he kind of wants to kill me. Yeah, yeah, I definitely noticed that. Yeah, so if you could just drive anywhere that's not here, that'd be great. And you hear, as more shots are kind of hitting, not the car necessarily, yeah. but off the road and all over yeah. the place and lampposts as he attempts to shoot the car, as this taxi driver, just out for an evening <laughs> in his job, is weaving down the streets attempting to escape. He gets to around maybe three minutes away when he knows he's not being chased yeah. anymore and stops the car. Get out of my taxi. You know what, sir? That's, um, that's fair enough. And then he starts to, like, hit you okay. to get yeah, you she, out of the taxi. She, she gets out. And he drives off. And you are left maybe 10 blocks away yeah. from the whistle, on your own. Some small cuts over you as the glass is shattered. I think Biddy will just weave in and out of some streets very cautiously to just try and get somewhere different and then see if she can hail a cab back to her place. I think she still feels reasonably safe going back to her address. Yep. She doesn't feel safe going back to her office because like there can't be all that many private investigators in the town and she probably does have some street credit at this point so yeah. it wouldn't be too hard to track down the biddy that works as a private investigator somewhere in downtown so yeah she's just gonna go home you go home for the evening i think before she goes to bed she's gonna rack her brains to see if she can remember if she's heard the name shirley before you haven't heard of the name Shirley before. Yeah. But you gather from context that it's somebody who's involved in the movie industry yeah. and potentially is powerful enough to influence Max or the stakeholders in there. And a woman to have that much power within the movie industry, which is very male dominated at this time, you can't really identify who that is. It's not a name you've heard before. Yeah. But clearly it's somebody who can cause some damage to Max. I mean, what time is it? Maybe 8.30, 9pm by the time you get back to your house. In Biddy's mind, she's still currently employed to do a job. And I think she's going to call Eleanor and warn her that Max may be in quite a bit more trouble than Eleanor anticipated. And it might be a good idea to get out of town for a few days. You put a call through to the Herringbone home and a male voice answers the phone. Hello, Herringbone Manor. Do I recognize? It's Kenny. Okay. <laughs> Hi, um, Kenny, it's Biddy. Hello, Biddy, how are you going? I've uncovered some very startling pieces of information. Is Eleanor there? Of course. Do you think I could speak to her, please? Absolutely. After a short moment, you hear the phone click. Uh, hello. Biddy, is that you? Yes, yes, it's me. Kenny said that you had some news. It's good news, I hope. Eleanor, whatever your husband is involved with, it's a hell of a lot more dangerous than I think you thought it was. What's going on? 
I think Max's life could be in danger. It may be worth suggesting a trip, a holiday somewhere, just to get out of town for a little bit. What? What do you mean? Why does he need to get out of town? Whoever he's been working with, they don't trust him anymore. And I don't think they're the kind of people that just set you off with a retainer when they stop doing business with you. What am I supposed to say to him? That you're worried he's spending too much time on his work, that he never has space for you, that the two of you should get out of town, go see the sights, rekindle the spark. Something that means you're not here. I don't, I don't know. I, he's in the middle of a film. He hates to leave while he's working. Please, stop these men from doing anything to my husband. I'll do the best I can, but if I'm honest, Mrs. Herringbone, they've already nearly killed me more than once. I don't think there's much I can do on my own. Whatever this is, this is big. Okay, uh, well, well, thank you, Biddy. Please, do what you can and, and stay in touch. I will. And she hangs up. Thanks for listening in to this week's episode of Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes will be taking a two-week hiatus, but don't worry. We'll be back on April 25th for the next part in the adventures of Biddy Jones, private investigator. Let us know what you think by leaving a review on your podcasting app of choice, and we'll see you on the flip side.